to this program that is designed with you in mind to cause you to be established in the word of God. I want to take you to our service today and get ready to be blessed even as we were blessed. Your life will never be the same. Now, today's episode. With you on a message I have entitled, Coming Out of Backsliding. Coming out of backsliding. Uh, a lot of us have really missed the mark. Somebody here. Uh, a lot of us have missed the mark. And once somebody is sinning, it, it simply means you are missing the mark. Somebody with me. That's why when we go to school, they used to give us pass mark. So when they say the pass mark is 40, anybody getting below 40 has missed the mark. Is somebody with me? And sim- sin simply means missing the mark. And when we talk of somebody backsliding, it means the person is veering off a main thing. You see, if this is the track I'm supposed to walk in when we say I am backsliding it means that I am sliding off the main track but instead of moving forward I am going backwards is somebody with me is somebody here you are going home and a lot of us are really backsliding but the problem with backsliding is that when we are backsliding mostly we don't know we are backsliding mostly when we are going off the plan of God we don't really know there are some of us we don't know because we don't consider what God told us somebody here with me and I'm sure growing up a lot of us had a lot of plans a lot of us said so many things about what we we said God told us but along the line we, we see that we are not really doing what he told us to do somebody here with me if I'm to give you the opportunity a lot of you tell me about the extraordinary dream you had where God spoke to you I believe you are not coming to sleep and I'm sure some of you tell me about your encounter with the Lord how awesome and how special it was and what have you and the way forward was for you to live up to that dream live up to that vision but it looks like we are going off what God told us. Is somebody here with me? Do you have a witness? Okay. And I want us to read something from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 9. You realize that most of the time, one of the things that keeps us in the dark or that makes us walk in obscurity is the fact that sometimes God out of his own mercy begins to give you certain things. Some of you are not praying, but yet God is giving you certain blessings. Some of you are not studying your scriptures, and yet God is showing you favor. Some of you are not really spiritual, but when you pray for people, things happen. 
And so when we are not careful, we begin to think that everything is just as it used to be, but it is not true. Is somebody with me? And I want us to read Deuteronomy chapter 9 from the verse number 1, probably down to verse number 12. I'm reading from the NIV version. The Bible says, Here is right. You are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the skies. The people are strong and tall. Anakites. You know about them and have heard it is said. Who can stand up against the Anakites? Or some of the versions we use Anakim. But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you. And you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised. Now we are reading downwards, but let me explain this thing to you. So now the children of Israel are about to enter a land which is popularly known to be the promised land. And as they cross the Jordan, the leader or the captain, Moses, decides to explain certain things to them. So he started by telling them that, you see, God is going to dispossess the Anakites or the people of Anakim for you to go in and inherit the land. And I know you have heard that it is being said that who can stand against the Anakites. But I want you to be rest assured that the Lord your God will destroy them. He will go ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them before you. So I'm asking you, let me ask a question. Who is really leading the people of Israel into these lands? Who is that? So we see from the passage that it is God who is leading the team. It is God who is really going to dispossess them. I hear. So the Bible says that and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised. Verse number 4 says, after the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, Follow me. Do not say to yourself, the Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. And so here, we see Moses tell them that God has really planned to give you the promised land and he's really ready to dispossess the people living there and give their lands to you. But do not say to yourself that it is because of our righteousness that is why God has brought the lands to us. No, it is on account of the wickedness of this nation that the Lord is going to drive them out before. So, you see, we, we see from the passage of Scripture that sometimes God actually takes people from certain positions and puts people into those positions, not because the people is replacing them with our perfect somebody here sometimes God takes people out of certain positions and out of certain places 
and replaces them with certain people not because the people he's replacing them with are very what righteous let's say they are righteous and what have you know but sometimes the 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 wickedness and the sin of certain people irritates god such that he wants a replacement somebody here we see a typical example with the life of Saul and David okay so Saul has missed the mark Saul has sinned against the Lord and God is really angry with Saul at the point he said I, I have even regretted putting him on the throne as king and that's a serious statement because when God needed to choose the first human king he chose Saul But at the point, God told the prophet Samuel that I have regretted putting Saul on the throne as king. And so you realize that when God became fed up with Saul, he needed a replacement. But guess who that replacement was? King David. God brought David to come and replace Saul. Not necessarily because David was a righteous man and he had no sin. And so because of his righteousness, God wanted to replace him with Saul. It is never true. Somebody here. Well, we hear God say, David is a man after my own heart. And yet, probably, David, David had a lot of sins in his life. Two or false. Oh, I, 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 I hear me. David was not perfect. At a point, David would have to kill somebody who was very loyal to him. That's the highest level of, of, of wickedness. Somebody is there for you, sacrificing his life for you, and you kill the person just because of what the person has, his wife. So here you see David commit adultery, and you see David commits murder. But we never heard of Saul committing adultery. Somebody here. We never heard of Saul committing adultery. So, so you see, I'm just saying that sometimes God replaces us with certain people not because of our righteousness that is what i want you to understand it is when god appoints you as a music director when god appoints you as a church secretary to replace somebody who was once there you shouldn't quickly think that it seems you are more righteous than the people were taken out that's what i want you to understand somebody with me so moses is telling the children of israel that listen god is not driving these people out because of your righteousness but because the people are wicked so because of the wickedness of the people living in the land god has decided to move them out sometimes sometimes certain things happen and you you just want to withdraw your money from a savings and loan that you used to save with because you are really angry is somebody with me send that you withdraw you close your account with one bag and you go and open with another bank not because that bank is perfect but because you are really angry with that bank that you want to move your money out is it true so we see the same thing happens to the children of israel god is saying to them that don't think it's because of your righteousness that's why i'm I'm bringing you into the land to possess it verse number five says we are reading deuteronomy chapter nine the verse number five downwards it says it is not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you are going in to take possession of their land but on account of the wickedness of this nation the Lord will drive them out before you 
to accomplish what he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God has given you this good land to possess. For you are a stiff-necked people. Verse number 7. He says, remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of your God in the wilderness. And so, here Moses is making reference to some of the things that even disqualifies them from possessing the land if it's based on righteousness. Is somebody here? And he's telling them that don't even forget how you aroused the anger of God. You made him angry in the wilderness. That's something that is even used against you. If you are thinking that it's because of your righteousness. So I'm saying that sometimes in the house of God, God puts certain people in certain positions, not because in quotes they are, they are perfect. Somebody here. But because sometimes God wants to just move on. Sometimes he just wants to move on with certain things. He told Samuel, okay, when are you going to stop talking about this so, so, so stuff? Come on, move on. And go and anoint David. There's somebody here. And so I'm driving at the point. Follow me. So God, Moses is telling them that remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of God in the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here. So these people have been rebelling against God right from the day they left Egypt until they arrived at where they were as at the time. And he said, you have been rebellious against the Lord. At Horeb, you aroused the Lord's wrath so that his anger was enough to destroy you. I pray that you will not anger God to the point where his anger will be ready to destroy you in the name of Jesus. And so, all the things you are reading about the children of Israel is a sign of people who have really backslided from the plans of God. I want you to Maybe we'll jump and we'll move to verse number. Let's see. Let's read verse number 11. At the end of the 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord told me, Go down from here at once because your people whom you brought out of Egypt has become corrupt. They have turned away quickly from what I commanded them and have made idols for themselves. Please, if the Bible is yours, the emphasis I want you to take note is in verse number 12. Then the Lord told me, go down from here at once because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become, they've become what? I can't hear you. Corrupt. They have turned away quickly from what I commanded them and have made an idol for themselves. So when we say somebody is backsliding, it simply means the person has turned or the person is turning away quickly from what the Lord has commanded him. Let me ask you this evening. What has the Lord commanded you to do? What is the assignment God gave you and I? Never think we are here for being here sick. Never think God brought us here to marry, to give birth. And so a lot of you are concerned about so many things which really doesn't add up 
It doesn't add any value to your life. And yet that is what we are concerned about. Christianity in our days have become um, an organization for wealth. It has become a, a place where we seek. It's like we perform certain rituals to become blessed, to become... All these blessings are secondary stuff to the main assignment God has given us. If you are here, is somebody here? If you are here, I want you to do a quick assessment. Ask yourself, what did God tell me? And everybody is going to tell me what God told you. Personally, about your life, about your ministry, about what he is calling you to do, about what he, he wish you would do for him. Now, you should know that there are two types of call. There is a general type of call where every believer is supposed to be in it. And we call it the Great Commission. Somebody here. The Great Commission is simply we're going out to preach the gospel. And when you read Matthew chapter 28, it is there. From verse number 18 down to 20, Jesus asks us to go. Especially at verse number 19, he says, Go ye therefore and make disciples. This is a call to go out and make this. That, that's a general assignment for every believer. So once you say, I'm a Christian, you have an assignment. You have a call to fulfill an assignment God has given us. Amen. And my question is, are we really fulfilling it? And aside the general call, a lot, a lot, some of us have got specific callings. A call to become whatsoever. And the question is, I want to ask you, what call has God put on your life? What has God told you? What did you see in your dream? What did you hear? What did God prophesy to you through his man servant? What is that thing? For me personally, there are a lot of things that God has said to me. I'll tell you some of the things he, he told me. I'll tell you those that I'm doing. I'll tell you those that I'm not doing. And I'll tell you those that I'm not really... I'm doing, but I'm not really doing it. So what are some of the things God told you? Quickly, let me hear you. Just sit down. Just give me a point. He asked you to talk to people and bring people to church personally saw it how did you hear it was it through a dream or you were the signpost any specific assignment God gave you personally. Listen, if you are not doing it, or if, if once you have the call, you see, the problem is not whether you are called or not, but it, the problem begins when, as for when God calls you, you know. Everything in your life will point to that thing that you know. You, you can't run away from it. Noah was trying to run away from his call, but he, he knew that he was called. Is that what you mean? You see, the problem begins when you are not answering the call. So it's the answer to the call that's the problem. Not necessarily the call. And so he is saying that he believes God is trying to mount him up as a signpost. 
to direct. And Paul, it's biblical because Paul one time said that we are, we are, we, we've become signposts to you. We've become signposts on which you look and you get to Christ. But I don't, I don't, we don't want to get to the point where we will preach the gospel to you. And at the end of the day, he said, we put our body under subjection. If not, after preaching to you, you, you can go scot free and probably, but we will be put into condemnation. Is somebody here with me? We will come under so many charges because we failed to put our bodies. And so it is, it is part of it. What is God telling you? Maybe I'm weakly. Think God has called you to preach. That's what you think. Preaches with peace. I can't hear you. You don't know. So you are just here. Kevin. And you see, if you are sick and you don't even know what is wrong with you, it will take you a long time for you to recover. That's why when you go to the hospital, they ask you what is wrong with you. That I don't know. You see, the, the first key to um, breakthrough is finding a, a diagnosis. You can never be healthy if you can't diagnose what is wrong. So if you are here, you don't know what God is called. As for you, dear, I don't know. You have a long way to go. Yes. So let me hear you. A preacher to the world. Okay. And then what? What? He said what? You are called to preach. Ike. I can't hear you. Called you to about him. I said, how, 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 what is it called? When you're talking to people about God, what are you doing? Eh? You are doing what? You are going out. When God calls you to talk, what am I doing? What am I doing? No, no, what am I doing? Am I talking to you? <laughs> so what am I doing? Why are you looking for a nice way to run away from it? He said God is calling you to talk to people. And what am I doing? So what what am so come again? You think God is calling you to preach, Maxwell? To win souls. Um Vivian. And if you are not accept you. You are you are you are an SHS graduate. Uh -huh, so talk to me. To serve, okay. Serve you. 
Auntie Debbie. Part of the work. Okay. Is that uh, what's your name, gentlemen? Your name again? Ike. Do what? Seek the lost. Cover more terms, So, okay. Anybody who goes out to seek the lost, what, what is he doing? Is it with new what? Is he what? When you go out to do to win the loss, what are you doing? Is he not preaching? Okay. Abigail. You what? Mm-hmm. To write. preach as well. And so all the things we've mentioned, and for those of you who don't know, may God have mercy, but all the things we've mentioned, how many of them are we doing? How many of them are we putting into practice? And you see, sometimes we, we use words to deceive ourselves. Auntie Jennifer, welcome back. I'm waiting for you. So, some, we deceive ourselves with certain words to think that, oh, is it we are working for God? We are. When I ask you to sweep this auditorium, listen, follow me. When I ask you to sweep this auditorium, and I give you a broom and I leave, and by, I, by the time I come back, you've arranged all the things over here. You've painted the backdrop with a different color. You've plastered the walls. You've bought ceiling fans, um, air conditions, and but yet you've not swept the auditorium. What do you think I'll, I'll, I'll say to you? Uh, Auntie Deborah, what do you think I'll say? Auntie Deborah. Okay, so what do you think I'll say to you? Uh, you were going, you were, you were going out. You gave up in poor money to eat, probably you, and you asked him that, oh, you told him by the time I come back you should sweep the house, but by the time you came back, he has cleaned, removed the cobwebs, done almost everything, but he didn't sweep. I'm asking you, what would you say to a people? You, so, what do you, what will you do to him? Will you be happy with him? Oh, really? But he did something anyway. But because he didn't do what you asked him to do, you think he has disobeyed you. And let me ask you a question. Is disobedience a good thing? A lot of us sometimes, a lot of us are trying to please God in so many ways. But when you miss the main thing, you've missed it. Hello? When your father pays your school fees to school, and the main, what's the main assignment of every parent or every um, student in a school? What's the main thing? 
at the end of if secondary school, at the end of the three or four years, what is the main thing that your father is expecting from you? Pass your exams. If you go to school and become the entertainment prefect, you, you or maybe you were the SRC president, you negotiated, you bought a pass for the school, you you painted the school buildings during your, your term of office. Students, there was good relationship between students and lecturers, and yet you failed your exams. I'm asking you, will your father be happy because you you bought a bus for the school and what have you? So once you've disobeyed, is he even when you delay in obeying is disobedience? And the Bible tells us that disobedience is has a sin of witchcraft. Anybody who disobeys, I think we should read it. Let's read first Samuel. Is somebody here? Let's read first Samuel chapter 15. I think the verse is verse number 23. First Samuel chapter 15. Okay, let's start from 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice. Uh-huh. So to listen, to hit means to listen. So to listen is always better than a fat of ram. Mm-hmm. For rebellion, which means disobedience. Is as a sin of what? Witchcraft. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And anybody who is stubborn is as iniquity. Is as what? The sin of what? Idolatry. Listen. You understand what he just read? The Bible is saying that if you rebel, if you are stubborn, if you rebellion is different from stubbornness. If you disobey, or if you rebel, the Bible says that you and a witch, there is no difference. That's why when you stand here and say, every witch in my family, including yourself. Yes, it includes you because what you don't know is that your disobedience against the word of the Lord is as a sin of witchcraft. And witchcraft is a sin. Witchcraft, that's why the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live somebody here and so to rebel God says this and he says I will not do it God says this and he says I will not go that way the Bible says it's as a sin of what witchcraft so let me see by hands those who have really rebelled against God gone against his word wow and what what did I say I was talking about today me coming out of so how do i come out how do we all agree we've rebelled against god and we've gone against his commandments do we all agree or if you don't agree maybe i should talk more about it because if you are, if, if you don't agree with that as for you you've not even begun coming out like yeah, yes so you must you must agree we must all agree there are things God has told you he never told me. 
There are things God has personally directed you to do that he has not asked me to do. Some of you is telling you to read your Bible. You are not reading. You know. Let's, see, let's, let's go to uh, Revelation chapter 2 verse number 4 and 5. Revelation 2, 4 and 5. Revelation 2, 4 and 5. And that's where I want to center my teachings today. So this is Jesus Christ talking to the church of Ephesus and he says to the angel of the church of Ephesus right, let's start from verse number 1. Revelation chapter 2 the verse number 1 that was quickly. He says to the angel of the church in Ephesus right, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds. Is it the King James says, I know your works. I know your I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which do evil or which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. So let's look at this church. The church of Ephesus. Is being praised by Jesus Christ for a lot of things that they've done. Jesus comes to the angel. To the angel means the messenger or the pastor of the church. And Jesus tells him that I know your works. I know your what? So what's the first thing Jesus is acknowledging about the Ephesus church? Their works. The things they do in the church. He knows. Do you know all what we do over here? God sees it. All the things we do over here, the secret offerings we give, the secret offerings, he sees it, he knows it. The secret gossips, there is nothing that goes on in the church that he doesn't know, even those that you try to hide. Is somebody with me? I know your works, I know who swept here before service began, but you don't know. But he knows. He knows. I know those who prayed for pastor before he got here and those who did not. I know. I know. All the things we do in the house, he sees. All the things we do as a church, he sees. So he tells them that I know your works. And what? Let's read on. The King James Version. Sit down. And thy labor. So this is a church that is working. They come to church quickly. They, they go and fetch water. Get the sanitizer. Arrange the tables. Um, scrub the bathhouse. This is labor. Laboring. It involves work. Putting in strength. And God says, I know your work. And I know your labor. There are some of you, you don't labor. You don't do anything in the house of the Lord. You don't do, you, you are just a Christian. You just come to warm the chair. You sit down for the chair to be hot and you just go. Yes. Yes. So one of the things God is looking at is your works. The things you do. When you come to church, you want to sit under the fan. But you can equally help buy a fan. That one, you don't care. You don't care. The day you don't get to sit under the fan, you will not enjoy service. You'll be praying that we'll close early. Yes. And so, he says, I know your works. All the things you do in the house, I know. 
I know. Those of you who sit here while his pastor is preaching, you are insulting him. He knows. He sees it. You'll be shocked nobody knows what you are thinking. But he knows. He knows the labor. He knows how hard you are trying to get the church work. He knows. All the things you are doing, he knows. That's why Mabel Edu doesn't need to let me know that she was the one who scrubbed the bathhouse. I, I don't need to know who scrubbed the bathhouse. The most important thing is for Jesus to know who did that. So you've not done anything. It not Shelley, Shelley, you've not done anything. And look at us. It looks like our work in the house has come to a standstill still because there's no money. And some of you can easily lobby, talk to people to come and help. Please, in our church, we need to buy this. We need to buy a ceiling fan. We need to buy. We need to, the reason why we stopped the work is because we don't have sun. And one trip of sun is, I think, now hundred cities or thousand cities. We need to buy paint. This is not the. This is not what we are going to do. We need to paint the backdrop. And yet, because there is no money, we've kept quiet as if nothing is happening in the house. We need to get house from here down there. We need to tell the whole place. Yes. And yet, you, you come to church and as if nothing is happening. Yes, you've not seen anything. When you go out, you are uh, a women's activist. You speak for women. I never knew you could speak like that. Women's rights activist, NDC propaganda secretary, MPP women's organizer, Afiaman wing, Afiaman a head, not wing. Yes. One day I was shocked. I, I had, I was, did I say one day? Last week, Sunday, I had the greatest shock of my life where a guy in this church, he's more than a damn boy a damn somebody who doesn't know how to speak i'm talking I'm, I'm i'm in business he has never spoken before always quiet last sunday I had the greatest shock of my life when he told me he's an mpp executive i said you he said yes me you and he didn't understand why i said you He comes to church and it's like they put, they've sold his mouth. He has never spoken, not hallelujah. He said, praise the Lord and he's there looking at your face. And I wondered what he did for him to become an executive in MPP. So when you go out there, you talk. When you go out there, you are preaching about Nanado and Mahama, somebody's father. You preach as if you gave birth to them. But you come here and we are talking about Jesus Christ and you don't even bother. Your mother shut. If you need money, if you want to lie to your husband to take money, you know how you do it. Yes. But you have never told him to help the church. Not once. Not once. Yes. And some of you, you should be sowing seeds. And some of you, what you call a seed is an insult. Papa, Papa, Papa. Then you open 50 CD, 10 CD. Take your seed. Don't bring it. Yes. 
Don't bring it. The chair you are sitting on. Do you know how, how the church came into being? The fan you are sitting under and enjoying. Do you know who bought it? And do you know how much it was bought for? I know your works. So I, I, that's why sometimes I, I, I don't look at what people do before I do something for God. And as for sweet words, I've heard them and now I'm tired. Sweet words. Hey, man of God. Hey, anointed vessel. <laughs> yes. Sweet words. And I hear people, I just look at them. I just hate myself. Very soon they will add up to the, the number of people who are fighting me. I just look at them. I know your works. I know. I know. All the, all, and I thank God that all the, the money, the strength, and everything we put into this building, God knows it. That's, that's, that's the comforting part. And I thank God that it's God who is the rewarder not Bishop Charles Ajinasari because Bishop hasn't been here before. He doesn't even know what we are putting in. What do you think? What do you think? Yes, God gave the commission to Bishop. Well, he hasn't been here to see what we've been doing so far. And so if he's the one rewarding, he will reward according to what he has seen. But I thank God, God is the rewarder. Somebody here, I thank God that when I pray for you, it is not you who is coming to reward me for my prayers for you. Eh? You are here enjoying the fun, enjoying the shade. You have no idea how the roof got up there, you have no idea how many people have gotten themselves hurt. Yeah, you have no idea how many how many blood has been sacrificed somebody one day somebody was sitting on one of the wood he hammered his hand with the hammer and he left the hammer and he screamed yes yes you have no idea you have no idea how many times rain have beaten some of us rain I mean rain I'm sure at that times most of you will be in your room probably covering yourself with some cloth and what have you but you have no idea you have no idea how many times people have have dug have dug this thing you are saying that is why God said I know your works and your labor I remember this picture those of you I think it was myself and Degapi working over here and it was raining and we need to get this thing done. And I was the laborer. I was the laborer. Yes, I have to carry sand, carry that. It's not easy. Look at it. These are some of the things. But you see, you have no idea of the work and the labor. Do you know the labor? People have put in, you have no idea. You have no idea. Look at them. So you are just enjoying the finished product, but you have no idea how many people struggle to get it where it is. Is somebody with me? I know your works. I know your works. And your labor. And thy patience. And thy patience. Some of you are not patient. 
That's why you've been moving from church to church to church to church to church to church. Yes. yes. So you sit here a little. So for us, and I say, I say, I say, we're giant pipe or mom pie. There's a teaching in prophetic so yes. I know your patience. Do you have patience? If you, if you don't have patience, you, you can't fulfill the plan of God for your life. Yes. I know your patience. Maybe I should move on because this is not what I'm talking about. And how that can't bear them which are evil. Some of you, you entertain evildoers. But God is, Jesus is telling the church of everything. I know that you people, you don't entertain evildoers. I know how you can't bear those who do evil. I know. I know. Yes. And how you have tried them who say they are apostles and are not. You don't just move into any church and just become a member in any church. You must try the pastor. He said, I know you have tried those who say they are apostles and are not. So the reality is that they are not apostles, but they say they are apostles. Yes. Because the person says that says the Lord. And so you think he's called. And mostly, those who tell you the truth, they are the last people you would ever appreciate. So when they when they move into such churches, they they sow thousands and the one who sows thousands in this is the least among them. It's like he is the poorest person. Well, you can't move into some of these churches and you sow thousands and you think they'll give you recognition. Nobody cares for you. Nobody. If you want to, if you want to find, there's anointing over anointing over there. Daddy Chadadibi. Yes. 200 cities. Consultation fee, 200 cities. Yes. Then the bullet moves over 500 cities. Yes. So before you see the pastor, you paid 900 cities already. And nobody cares that you are somebody important because you have paid 900 cities. Who are you? And you join a queue. You go and join a queue. They'll give you a number. And you are number 427. By the time the pastor finished attending to 10 people, he said, I'm closing. So the rest of you, next week. And those who are truly apostles who come to you and say, oh, God said, and because we pray for you for free, you, most of you don't really regard us as men of God. Yes. We are the useless thing that has ever happened to you. You don't care who you see. Yeah. You see, the people you are chasing out of the street, the streets, eh? uh, some of us have got ten times better than what they, you think they have. If you say you love us and you love the church, we should see it in your contribution. Yes. Because in, in your former church, you used to give 200 cities, 500 cities, but, but since you came here, you've never seen anybody who gave 100. So you, you've reduced your money to 20 Ghana. You just dropped 20. And you think you are the champion water. Somebody here. And we, we must come out of backsliding. You and I must come out of. We must stop. We must stop. Sometimes God will lay it on your heart. Buy this thing for the church. How many of you have heard that thing, that voice in church before? So it's like you are 
the pastor is preaching or something is going on, you hear a voice. Yes, I did with my How many? Lift up your hand. Oh, let me see your hand if you have heard a voice like that. Did you do it? That's the problem. That's where the problem is. And you don't know that you are sinning already. You don't know it's just it's a sin. For God to tell you do this and not do just that. You don't know what a lot of you don't know is that you are sinning already. That is why I see God raising stones to replace human beings. And you'll be shocked how God can easily replace you with somebody. Somebody, you see, who is a stone? Somebody who doesn't qualify. Even the person himself, no, I don't qualify. But by the time you realize God will replace you who thought you qualified with somebody who never deserved to be where you were. Somebody here with me. So you must rise up. Church is not about, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord. What labor, what are you what have you gone through for the church? That's something you should be asking yourself. What at all in this auditorium can you point to and say, this one, I, I helped build it or I did it? What, what is here? Show me. Hello. What? And sometimes God intentionally brings us to churches with needs so that we can be of a blessing. Some of you, you may not have the money, but you have people who can help. Every day you want pastors to give you envelope. Every day you want pastor to raise funds before you know that there is something we can do to help them. And when you raise funds and you share envelope, they say this is here. They scan up. Sorry, na base kasem kasem. I've had people tell me that before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, auntie, I'm saying, we want you also for my brother. I'm saying, I'm saying, what's your name? Is kasem kasem. I uh, kasem kasem, and I asked myself, "Into a bush, you are not in kasem. Umma kusku amude omasa pay neko. Untu ya light bill, untu ya rent. Edu undi di, edu ane amuye ovie ne yede ye pe pasem. When you come to church, you say, 'I say na is kasem kasem, kasem kasem.'" And what do you think? What do you think we used to buy the prepaid anointing? Yeah, the anointing, the two prepaid. Fan, I'm going to say, hey, Papa, how to fan? Nyamia frame. Mami, fan, you know, you saw Jesus Christ today, Nemo. Why you in Shira? Sana, I'm going to carry the mami. know your works. What are your works? What have you got to show? If not for anything, I can tell you that 500 of my blocks is in this building. 500. My son, my stone, personal, my personal stuff. Which is to the two, even the blocks were to the two of 2000. You are enjoying within the ship. What they don't know is that God is watching. He's watching. So sometimes you come and sometimes God, God can easily do a miracle for you. It's not about the miracle. That's for the blessings God will give us. That one is not his problem. But as to whether you can also help him, that's where his problem is. 
And so you see people, oh, I know of a man, he, he wasn't even a member of the church. He wasn't a member. In fact, he was working in a company, a government institution. And he, he, he has not been to school. He took his brother's certificate because his brother was an accountant. He took his brother's certificate and <laughs> applied for the job. And they, they took him on. He couldn't speak English. And so he had to use his brother's name. So we all thought he was his brother. Like we call him by his brother's name. Until a point he had to change his name deliberately. Because he was caught. Yes, he was caught out where he was working and he was sad. They did, they did, they called it a cleanup exercise and they discovered that so many of them were using fake certificates and they sacked all of them. He came home, sat in the house for one year. And what to eat was a problem. It was his wife who introduced him to me. So one day, it was just a Wednesday service like this one. He was at the back. I was preaching and God said to me, tell him that I said they are going to call him back. And I told him, Papa, stand to your feet. Do you believe, will you believe what I'm going to tell you? He said, oh, why not? I said, okay. God said I should tell you, you are going to be called back. And he laughed. He said, amen. And he laughed and he sat down. Oh, because he told me, it's not possible because... That was where he came to confess. So the certificate I took there was not for me. It was for my brother. I have not been to school. I don't have a certificate. And they saw it. That I wasn't who I was claiming to be. Because I said I've written this whole level. They asked me a question about the paper. I can't say anything. They told me it's not possible I can be taken back. And I told him that well that's what God has said. It's either you believe it or you leave it. So, I just delivered my message. He said, in, during Christmas, they sent a driver from that government institution with bags of rice, jam, oil, and they drove from that their headquarters to his house. And when, he said, when the driver came, he said, hey, now, boss, no, and then how they are Master, what could be a memo? Hey, that's what he told me. What could be a memo? Now, then I will hear you, Papa. He said, and he told him, even managers, and the man was working at ECG. He said, even managers of ECG who were using faith and certificates were sacked, and to date, nobody has called them. But you, you are not working with us, you've been in the house for one year, but I've never seen any like I've not, I don't know why when they were arranging people to give Christmas gifts the boss said they should add your name so they added and they brought him they said oh from the we are possible so be to me after all so I was there he came pastor I told him oh, let's pray let's pray so we prayed prayed uh, early February the following year they called him to come for interview and he went for the interview and uh, his, his boss told him hey, 
certificate na de buy na enye o dia me o de unko school da ka se unko school da na o de yem fa ni ehun se ya fa unko school da ba embe twantro no se boss unko school da was he okay continuous ni enye interview and so they interviewed him after the interview the, the the boss came down he was going to sit in his car and say ah so the man asked the boss da na se si amori interview was he why interview open you know your interview Yes. And the man was taken back. He started chopping big salary. He saw me, he said, Bro, I just say, now I'm no longer a pastor. I became bro, bro, you understand, bro, brother. Bro, I just say, so, I'm die. Like joke, like joke, he, he's, he's gone. And because he has been taken back at ECG and he's working, he's chopping wood. But you see, what you should understand is there's no that's what I'm saying, it's not really about the blessing, it's about whether you can remain faithful to what God has asked you to do. A lot of you are like that, oh, you are oh, you have so much moved about things at a point. There is somebody over here, I don't see you in the future of perishable. When I see people who are so desperate for things, I, I know and I see. They need a husband, so they are here. When they marry, they will take the man away. Or they take the woman away. Yes. They need a job. They need a breakthrough. That's why they are here. I, I know. So it's like, oh, so fond of the somebody said, so fond but apart from the Oyare, I knew that that person will not stay. I know your works. Tell me, where are your works? Where are your works? I know your works. Then God gives us, Jesus gives us three ways to come out of what? Backsliding. If you are backsliding like myself, maybe there's something God has told you to do you are not doing. Maybe there's something God has laid on your heart for you to do you are not doing. So there are some of you here, God told you, buy a small carpet and put this and pop it on it. There's somebody here, God told you, change this wooden pocket. Let's get a glass one. How many of you have thought of this one before? Like, and some of you, what you don't know is that just the thinking alone, it's God asking you to do something. Let's change this thing. God is asking you, change that thing. God is asking you, do this. Buy, somebody said, oh, buy his curtains. Till date, we don't have curtains. Yes. But there are curtains in your room. Yes. 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 So, so it's like everything. Ma weni so, ma weni so, ma weni so. Chere pasta. But when it comes to things of your life, oh, and yeah. Sorry, no. And that's how people are. When they need a blessing, they look to the pastor when they are blessed. And they walk away. That's how it is. That's how it is. And I'm saying that God sees what we do over here. Everything we are doing. The things he has told you that you are not doing. He knows it. He looks at you. Somebody with me. Let's read verse number five. 
And verse number 5 tells us how to come out of it. Remember. That's the first thing. Remember. So some of us must quickly ask ourselves, what are the things God has made to do that I'm not doing? Can you remember them? What are they? For me, he asked me to pray for the sake. Am I praying for the sake? Some of you, he asked you to read your Bible. Are you reading? Some of you, he asked you to read Christian literature, read books. Are you reading? Some of you, he asked you to follow Bishop Ajinasari. Are you following? You see, you've stopped following Bishop. You are now following Prophet Madingo. Yes. Are you following? Remember, remember. So that's the first thing you, you and I need to do. To remember. To remember means to bring back to memory. To recall. Go back. Go back. Remember. Do you remember? Somebody here. Do you remember what God told you? Do you remember all the nice things he showed you in the dreams? Do you remember the first thing he told you when you entered this church? One day somebody told me, God said I should follow you. Then at the point he stopped following, I said, did God say you should stop following me? Did God say you should stop following me? It is very important. Remember. What is it that God told you that you've stopped doing? What is it that God told you? What is that particular thing that God showed you? Some of you, whilst I'm preaching, God will be whispering to you. Sometimes I may be preaching and he'll tell you, have you heard really what he just said? This particular thing, take note of it. So it's like all the things I'm saying is not really, it's about that particular one thing he told you. Did you hear what he said? And I was listening to a message. I was just listening, listening, listening. Then the man of God said, Pastor, where are your miracles? Pastor, where are your miracles? And he's, he's like, he stopped. And he started looking into the camera. And I was looking at the television. He was looking at me. And he wasn't blinking his eye. And he said, Pastor, I'm talking to you. Yes, I mean you. Yes, you. Where are your miracles? Yeah. I couldn't also remove my eyes from him. And I was just standing there. I said, where are your miracles? Yes, I know you are a good teacher, but where are your miracles? Where are your miracles? And I sent you a message. I said, please, with all due respect, if God has done something for you, can you share the testimony with me? That useless boy. As for that boy, I don't even know what he is. Eh? Anytime you just be there, no, and we just send something. Yes. To date, to date, none of you, and yet there are some of you over here. I can I can personally tell you of the things you said God did for you. But I don't know whether it's out of too much respect or what. But when I talk, you don't do like. You respect me too much that when I say things you don't do like you do things in your own convenient time. Same and you don't even know why I asked for the message. Is there something God has done for you ever since you, you came here and I sent it? Is there something God has done for you when ever since you joined us? Is there a testimony you want to share? Morgan sent it and Bravector sent it just these three people that said the rest nothing 
none of you have sent anything, not even hello on WhatsApp, not even hello. Yeah. And so, you, 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 I'm talking to you, don't read, you look at me. At me. Don't read. So, the first thing to the first thing to do to come out of what? Backsliding is what? Remember. If you can't remember, you, 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 can't, you can't come out. Remember the old part. Remember the original plan. Remember the original call God gave you. What was the call? It was a call to do what? To write books? To do what? To preach? Are you preaching? Are you writing books? And how do you even write books? If you are not a reader, how can you write books? And so, a lot of you, if you don't take time, the, the, the dream of becoming a pastor will remain with you and stay in your belly. You will never open your mouth and you, you will never be a blessing to anybody till you die. Because you are failed to remember. Sometimes sit down alone and ask yourself, Hey, it's me, pa, Abraham, and me, boy. And the baby, I'm in the name. As I know, I'm a Kayana. Yes. And only I'm a Kayana, and I'm afraid that I'm not seeing my cancer panel. But number Ben or Sebebo. Say, coach, frozen with your football, our mouth number, and our position. Oh, both five, and our both three. And I was striking. Yen na yen be di bon echi e poko ani yen na ye di echi e poba ha ye be brentem. And so you should know your position. Which position? Do you remember some of these things? Do, have you forgotten the dream you had and you were praying for the sick? The person was dying and you prayed for the person and the person was healed. You forgotten the dream you had. You forgotten when you held the Bible in your hands and it seems you were talking to people. Where you prayed for people and they were healed, you forgotten. Where you met, you met dead people and you started praying for them and they were coming back to life. Yeah, Pastor, me, I'm not God. Okay. Is somebody here? Do you remember? I'm talking to just a few of you, not all of you. Do you remember? What did God show you? When you were young, when you were 16 years, what did he show you? When you were 20 years, did you write them down? Have you even gone for the book to reread what God told you? Can you remember what he told you? What are some of the things he showed you in person, like personally? What are some of the things? I remember some of you talk about healing. Some of you talk about preaching. Eh, this preaching thing, will it come to pass? from the way you and I are behaving and God is telling you that if you want to come out of if you want to come out of backsliding the first thing is to sit down and remember ask yourself what are the things that God told me that I'm not doing what are the things what are some of the things he told me personally about my life about my family some of you God God told you pray for your family pray for your family some of you God told you pray for your pastor pray. One day a guy told me, he said, I don't remember the last time I sleep without praying for you. I don't remember. It has never happened. He said, any time I pray, I'll make sure I pray for you and your family before I sleep. Oh, by you I know. 
I know you've not been praying for me. How many of you have, have had God tell you personally, pray for pastor? How many of you like personally? How many of you have had God tell you, pray for Bishop Ajinasari? But when I ask you, how many of you have God told you that you'll be rich? You see all the hands up. Yes. Yes. And so, I want you to understand this. Listen to me. If you don't sit down and recall, bring back to your memory. Some of you, God's plan for your life was not marriage. You are married too early. And the plan he had for you, you see, I think it's in 1 Timothy chapter 5 where the Bible says that any time their desire overcomes their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Any time you see that somebody's desire eh, has overcome their dedication to God or have overcome their dedication to Christ, then they want to marry. So when you see people say, I want to marry, I want to marry, you are easily looking at somebody whose desires has overcome the love he has for God. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 11 says, But the younger widows refused, for when they had begun to wax one thumb against Christ, they would marry. When you read the NIV, you say, When their desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Somebody here. And so, I'm sure there are some of us, God's original plan for our life was in marriage. It wasn't. Yes. It's very sad when you see a whole prophetess anointed with prophetic oil going to marry with the anointing. It's here. The, the oil is here. The unction is here. But they are going to marry. What happened? What happened to the dream God showed you? <laughs> what was what you? Hey, what happened to the dream? What happened to all the nice things God showed you? What happened to it? Some of you have become marriage counselors, but that's not God's work for you. Because of the bad marriage you went into, experience a Ukraine. So you have automatically become a marriage counselor. Hmm. I know of a lady, she was struggling in her marriage. Now she's a marriage counselor. <laughs> I just laugh. Hey, circumstances and situations have pushed you into marriage counseling. Yes. Because he has met a wild man, a man, when you bend him, he will come back. When you turn him, he'll straighten up. Yes. And they told me that my heart desire is for my husband to love me. And I said it in my head, he will never love you. You never love you because God said, Is he? <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? And I remember this very lady way back in 2015. I was praying with her and I saw a very bright light shine on her. I told her, Auntie, you have a call. You have a call of God. When the marriage grabbed her, now she's a marriage counselor. 
So we need to rise up. Remember, what are the things God has told you personally? You've never told anybody. What are they? What are the things God told you, Abigail? What are the things? Do you remember them? If you don't remember, let me give an assignment. When you go and write them down, all the things, write them. Write them. I, 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 one day I sat down and I asked myself, Am I really doing what God has me to do? And I wrote all the things. And I, I just sat down and I wrote all the gifts He has given me. When I counted, I had about 15 gifts. Two days ago, a man called me and said, Sofo, who dreams? They wanted to know if I have the gift of dreams. Because dream B and what have you to open up. So go ahead. And he told me his dream. What are the gifts God has given you? What are you doing with it? Now you have become a land surveyor. You. With your anointing. You see, the funny thing is that we started the Maria Church in your name. When you go to heaven, you think I'll give account. You give account. The Maria Church was started in your name. But now, instead of handling the church, it's now showing people the land from year to year, 70. 70 by 100. Yes. Yes. How you see? How you see? I have a demarcate. Now you are speaking. <laughs> The church is there. The souls are scattered. You went there to weed and you left it. Do you remember the things God told me? I also have my own things he told me. One day he told me, listen, do you know you are backsliding? I said, me? Come on, me. I said, oh, you are backsliding. I said, oh, me? This cannot be. He said, yes. Then he told me, I've given you five major gifts. Please, he didn't say five gifts. Five what? Major gifts. But the most important of all the gifts is this particular gift. And that is what you don't like using. That's what he told me. I've given and he told me, you see, you have a prophetic gift. Yes, it's a gift I gave you, but that's not the main thing. That's why my ministry, I don't want to focus my ministry on the prophetic. I see things I don't talk about. I stand here, I'll preach, and I'll go home. I'll not talk about it. It's, 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 a, it's a gift, but it's not a major gift. I have the gift of teaching. I have a lot of gifts, apostolic gifts. I, I have so many gifts, but they said the major or the main or the most important of all these gifts is this particular gift. And that is what, that is what you are not using. And so because of that, you are backsliding. And he told me, any time you refuse to do what God asks you to do, you are backsliding. Hey. And I stood up the way I was sweating in the dream. Hey. And I said, I, I, I will use it. I will use it. And I started using it. I used it to a point I stopped. <laughs> and that is why I asked you to write the testimonies for me. And you didn't. But if you don't even remember the testimonies of yesterday, do you think God will give you a fresh testimony? You see, David, David told Saul that the God who, who took me or delivered me from the hands of what? The lions and the bears. He would deliver this Philistine into my hands. Why? He's remembering the, the deliverance or the testimony of yesterday. 
And it is the testimonies of yesterday that will help you set forward in life. You've forgotten what God told you. All the good things he told you, you've forgotten. You are here looking for a husband. The, the singing gift, the healing gift. Please, I'm not talking about anybody. Zata, if you know me, when I preach, you think I'm talking about you, but I'm not talking about you. Because, because what I what I don't do is I, I don't fear men. I, I don't I don't fear any human being. I respect people. And when I'm preaching, I just speak as I'm being led. Is somebody with me? I'm, am I reading a script? I didn't plan to come and mention your name. I'm not, but you see, sometimes you may fall into the example I would give. And it should, it should help you know that hey Charlie, I must sit right. No, 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 no. It's a bad, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's, it's, a, it's a demonic, not even bad. It's demonic to think that your pastor will use your situation to preach. It's, it's not a good thing. Is somebody here? So I'm saying that some of you are here for husbands. After you marry, you leave. Some of you are here for wives. Some of you are here for breakthroughs. Somebody here. You must be so much concerned about your gift. What is the gift God has put into you? What is He asking you to do? You say, you say God has anointed you as the head of the evangelism department. Is, is there anything evangelistic about you? Or it's all about sewing clothes? Sewing clothes. You, you, are, you are joining pieces of clothes to decorate a sinner. And I pray for mercy for all the same dresses in the house. Yes. Somebody is going to his boyfriend, and you, you, you he came to you and what dread star? I'm a in a And so by your help, they've sinned. By your help, Abaso. By your help. somebody with me and yet the most important thing you can say and microphone but a juma and hardly do you find people do it say somebody here and yet you are focused on things that are rather not taking you anywhere so God says remember let's continue from that Um, remember from whence thou hast fallen so that's the first way to come out of you have to remember remember because if you can remember from where you are falling God said I should do this I'm not doing God said this I'm not doing God said I should pray there are some of you the greatest thing God can tell you is to pray for somebody just intercede just pray pray for this person stand in the gap for this person pray for this person do this for this person do this for this person you don't do it 
there have been times God have said to me, give this money to this person. How many of you have heard that voice? Like something just dawns on you, give this money to this person. It's not because the person is demanding for money. But you just, you are just there, not be yourself. Fiscal we my way. Fadi we, fache we. Fawi, fama we. Powi, emma we. Oh yeah. You don't do it. So he said, remember from whence thou hast fallen. And then what? And repent. That's the second thing. Change your mind. Until there is a change of mind. Today I was talking to one um, big woman of God in, in this country. We spoke for two hours, 18 minutes. Whilst we were talking, she, she started talking about Kelvin. I asked me what Kelvin is doing. And I told her, how I wish but I will not tell you what she said repent repent means what change your mind remember what are the things God asked me to pray for the sake am I praying for the sake I will pray for you before you go home I will pray if you, if you some of you are very funny we pray for you are you healed you are healed you say oh no the pain is there and go home I will pray I'll pray because if I had not prayed, I wouldn't have known that God can do a miracle. I wouldn't have known. Yes. If I decided to keep all the things to myself and not talk about certain things, not pray about certain things, there wouldn't have been any miracles. Somebody yelled me. Yes. So I've decided deliberately to pray for the sake. I've decided some of you are not praying. You, you know you are not praying. You know you are not praying. If it's time for that two hours prayer, then you come and worry me. Where is pastor? And, and when I see Christians who don't pray, mostly when they come out, they want to brag about prayer. When they are in a bus and probably they are traveling, so oh, let, let us pray. You should be praying before you, you get there. It's not like you sit in the guy and say, let's pray. Father, Lord, we pray for traveling. Oh, anyway. Anyway, you should be praying before you even get there. It's not about what you say in the bus that changes anything. And you know you are not praying, you are sleeping. Like me. Yes. And you are a believer. You, I'm talking to you. You think I'm talking about someone? I'm talking to you. The day you begin to think, huh, Pastor, tell them, I'm telling you. Yeah, so don't think so. And there, maybe I could do, maybe I do, and there, Auntie Jennifer, and there, I will Deborah, they did be also a boat, and then they asked a one who called Menon Ekasa, Menon Ekasa, Menon Ekasa, somebody here. So it's very important. Remember from when thou has fallen. What are the things God told you you are not doing? Me. I read and I pray. I study. There's a difference between reading your Bible and studying the Bible. Are you having your quiet time? That's the last that's the quiet time that you don't want to be here. There are some people here they don't even know what it is. And I showed you what a quiet time is. Have you started doing it? You've been having your quiet time. Yes. So it's very important. Remember, Abigail, and what? Repent. In other words, change your mind. Decide I'm going to do it again. Change your mind. Repent. That's repentance. 
Remember from when thou has fallen and do what? And repent. Change your mind. Just Some of you must come to the point, I'm taking this decision. I'm going to stay out of all this and I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Yes. God asked me to write books, so I'm going to start reading. I'm going to be a serious and an ardent reader. I'm going to be an ardent student of the word. I'm going, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to do this. Can we do that? Can we do that? God said I should win souls. I was a signpost. From today, I'm going to win more souls. Whether with the help of the people in the church or without the help. Because when God comes, He will not tell you, I know um, your collective works. He said, I know thy work. So it's, it's your individual work that God sees. Somebody here. So He said, Number one. So, how do you come out of backsliding? You have to remember. Number two, repent. What was the meaning of repent? Change your mind. And number three, and probably that's the last one, you must begin to do the things you first ignored. Do. That's the third one to do. Can you continue that scripture? It says what? Let's go back. Start again. Remember from where thou hast fallen and repent and do. So you see, one of the signs that you have repented is you begin to do. If God is asking you to pray and you, you, you forgot to pray, you backslided in prayer. Now, you have, you have remembered that, hey, I should pray. No, you must repent. So, you have decided that from today, from this dawn, I'm going to pray. That's a, that's a repentance. Then, at dawn, truly, when we see you praying, it means you are coming out of what? Backsliding. So, you must remember you must change your mind and you must do. And let me end with Philippians 4, 9. That's the last thing I'm talking about. And when I finish, I'll take questions. If you say you don't have a question, I'll ask you a question. I have a question for all of you. From the scriptures I used, from the examples I gave. But if you ask me a question, you are free. I'll not ask you a question. Philippians 4, 9. What is there? Listen, those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen him. So, so the Bible is telling us how to remember. How do you remember things? You remember things from those things you have learned. There are things you read in the book. Said, wow, this thing, <laughs> this thing. There are things you watch on a video cassette. This one. There are things you heard in an audio message. How many of you have been listening to my podcast? Let me see your hand. You don't listen to the podcast. But listen, the podcast message is over there. If you can decide to just listen as you are listening. Maybe you are not in that service. But as you are listening, there will be a word God will tell you from the message. That this particular thing, listen to what Pastor is saying. This one, you must begin to do it. This one. This one. So he said, the things you have learned and what? And received. What I'm doing, I'm just giving you messages. And so as I'm talking to you, do you know you are receiving something? You are receiving. And what? And heard. There are things you hear. And there are things I will not tell you, but you see me. Is it two of us? 
What are the things you've seen in Bishop Adnasari that he hasn't told you before? What are some of the things? I just need three things you've seen in Bishop Adnasari from afar, but you've not heard him speak about it. What? We've heard Bishop talk about his miracles over and over again. What are some of the things he, you have seen in him? He's a man of integrity. Read me his word. What else have you seen in Bishop Ajinasari that he hasn't told you about? What are some of the things? What? He's humble and he's bold. He speaks. The bishop tell you if you become a leader, you have to fire those in authority when things are not going on. Just speak it. Don't be afraid. Has he ever preached? I see courage. He's addressing the, the wrong of the land. This thing is wrong. It doesn't matter whether you're the president or this thing is wrong. So now you've, you've been able to see things he has not told you. That's one of the things you see in Jesus Christ that he never told you. You never heard him preach about. What are some of the things? He wasn't. He wasn't a hypocrite. Okay. What else? His love. He told us to love one another. As I've loved you. Mercy. Okay. There are so many things. What are some of the things you've seen in me that I've not I've not stand here to preach about? But this guy, this thing, is a good thing. What? Oh, no, no, let, 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 let it. What? I don't do it. I don't fear anybody. <laughs> Wait. Oh, really? That's something you've seen there. Eh? Okay. So I don't, I don't just, I don't fear anybody. I just say what I want to say. That's what she has seen. What about you? Hmm? I'm humble, eh? So you think I'm humble? Oh, really? Yeah. Peace. What have you seen? My integrity. Hey, I'm kind of okay. something you've seen. Okay, Abigail. My fire. So. There are so many things you can learn from people without them having to tell you, do this, do this, do this, do that. Sometimes when you hear them say things about themselves, you say, ah, this one is doing this, I must do it. This one is doing this, I must do it. This one is doing this, I must do it. Yes. Hey. That was saying, God told him he has backslided. Hey, what about me? I'm also backsliding. So he didn't tell you God said you are backsliding. He was just talking about himself. But you should ask yourself, what about me? Because now he has defined backsliding to mean whatever God tells you that you are not doing, you are backsliding. You think I'm the only one backsliding. But maybe you took the lead before I followed. And these are some of the things you should be asking yourself. So in Philippians 4, 9, he said the things you have heard, the things you have seen, the things you've learned, those that you have received, those that you have seen in me, the same do what? Do. He said, this do. This what? Do. 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 Do the do. Put it into practice. 
action. What has changed in your life ever since you came here? That is how you should, you should measure your growth. I'm not here to pump up people like by this time, the service has turned to a miracle service. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Yes, thank you. A young girl in the yellow, come, stand, stand. Yes. What's your name? It's good. It's good, but you see, there are times we must learn. There are times we must learn. You are here. At first, you were not praying, but what has changed? Ever since you came here, are you, have you started praying? In your former church, oh, you were just a church member. But when you came here, what has changed? What has changed? Some of you in your former churches, you were nobody. When you came here, God is making you somebody. And along the line, you've stopped what God is doing in your life because you are backsliding. Now, when, when God speaks to you, you don't obey. God will tell you, come to church early. So, so for now. Help pastor. Oh, pray for pastor. Yesterday, I felt like somebody should pray for me. Yesterday. How many of you prayed for me yesterday? Auntie Vivian prayed for me. Ah, you also prayed for me. God bless all of you. God bless you. I was going to say, I felt like somebody should pray for me. That's what I felt. I don't know why. So it's very important we remember these three things. Remember the things God told you. Repent. Change your mind over them and begin to do it. And when you just follow these three things, you will get to wherever God is planning to take you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have I been a blessing to you? We hope you've been blessed by this message. For further information on Reverend Amos Darko's tapes and books, please send us a mail at rev.amosdarkon at gmail.com or call plus 233-503-861-399. Thank you for your time and God bless you. Thank you.